Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Equip You Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this show. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about something that is really important. And we're going to talk about biblical theology and the Christian life and how it affects, um, yeah, how it affects the Christian life and ministry. Now, this is really important for us as Christians to understand because what biblical theology aims to do is it it helps us to understand what is the central message of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and everywhere in between. It is It answers a question that many Christians have. Is the Bible just a collection of myths and fairy tales or does it have a central message? Uh, what is the purpose of the Bible? Now, theologians, we use fancy terms. Imagine that. Uh, but we do. We say that the Bible has a unity, and this unity is, as we'll discover today, centered on the person and the work of the Lord Jesus. Now, biblical theology, it's the study of the doctrines of the Bible arranged according to their chronology, and historical background, in contrast to systematic theology, which categorizes doctrine according to specific topics, biblical theology shows the unfolding of God's revelation as it progressed throughout history. Biblical theology may seem to isolate, even express, the theological teachings of a specific portion of Scripture, such as the theology of the books of the law, the first five books of the Old Testament, or the theology contained within John's writings, and so on and so forth. Or, in fact, it may focus on a particular period of time, such as the theology of the unified kingdom years. Another branch of biblical theology may study a particular motif or or theme in the Bible. A study of the remnant uh, might search out how the motif is introduced and developed throughout the whole of the Bible. By the way, let me just stop here. This is why we often interview authors in Crossway's series, The Short Studies in Biblical Theology, because that's what they're doing. They're, they're studying a theme in the, in the Bible and tracing it from the beginning of the Bible in Genesis to the, to the end in Revelation and everywhere in between. This is a fantastic series you will benefit from. I have said it before, and I will say it again. Uh, pick up as many of those as you can read, and uh, they will they will help you in this uh, particular area to grow. So here's a basic difference between systematic and biblical theology. Systematic theology asks the question, what does the Bible say about angels, about demons, about spiritual warfare? And then what it does is it goes and examines all of the passages that concern angelic beings. It draws conclusions. It organizes 
all the information into uh, a body of truth called angel angelology. And the final product from Genesis to Revelation, the totality of God's revealed truth on that particular subject. Biblical theology asks the question, how did our understanding of angels, for example, since we're talking about angels, how did it develop throughout all of history? And then it starts with the first five books of the Bible's teaching about angels and then traces God's progressive revelation of these beings through Scripture. And along the way, the biblical theologian draws conclusions about how people's thinking about angels may have changed as more and more truth was uh, revealed in the Word of God. And so the conclusion of such a study is an understanding of what the Bible has to say about angels, but it also places that knowledge in the context of a bigger picture of God's whole revelation. Biblical theology, it helps us to see the Bible as a unified whole rather than as a collection of unrelated doctrinal points. That, that's what most, I think most Christians struggle with. They, they struggle with, when they get to Leviticus, what does Leviticus have to do with Romans or even Hebrews? But you cannot even begin to understand a lot of Hebrews without understanding uh, Leviticus and other parts of the Bible. You can't, for example, understand De uh, the, the prophets very well if you don't understand uh, Deuteronomy pretty, pretty well because... Of, of the covenant cursings and, and blessings and so on and so forth. So the whole Bible matters. It's all interrelated. Um, so the discipline of biblical theology is just as important to the life of the church as systematic theology. Biblical theology is, is the root of doctrine. Systematic theology is the fruit. And we need to get both rights uh, to know who Jesus is, what the gospel is, and how to guard and even guide uh, our churches. Uh, we need to be, if you're a pastor listening to this, you need to, you need to get in the text to understand, right, how, what, what does this text mean? What does this text say? How do I interpret it? But behind that, behind your view of, of digging into the text and even the way in which you're going to interpret it, is your view of Scripture itself? Do you believe that the Bible is the inspired, inerrant, sufficient, clear, authoritative, and binding word, or do, don't you? And and see, this is where our theology really matters, because all, uh, as R.C. Sproul once said, um, all every Christian is a theologian, and what that means is that our theology must be rooted in God's Word. We must preach what the text says and what it means. And yes, along the way, systematic theology is going to help us. Our understanding of the doctrine of Scripture, of sin, and what Scripture says about sin, and the church, and end times, and on and on. That's going to help us, but we first need to do the, the groundwork. We need to understand what the text says and what it means. And, and then we can get out and understand the other doctrinal considerations. This is where a good understanding of systematic theology is really, really helpful. But we need to be clear about the, the, the connection 
between biblical theology and systematic theology. We don't preach, first and foremost, our systematic theology. We preach, we teach, whether whether you're a pastor or a teacher, or, or you teach the Bible at a Bible college or high school, junior high, whether you volunteer at church, and, you're, and so you're teaching a, a Bible study, or maybe you're engaging in counseling. The first thing that we're doing is we're seeking to understand what does this text mean? Not what it means to me, but what does it mean? And, but, and even behind the idea of understanding what the text means, we have to say, behind that is our view of the Bible. So every single thing in our life in, and in our ministry, whether, whether even you're a homeschool mom uh, and you're teaching your, your children the, the Bible, that's why we need to make sure that we understand what the text means, because God has assigned a specific meaning. This is why we have to understand the context, right? We have to understand the context. We have to understand the meaning. We've talked about these things many, many times. I would encourage you, if if you're curious about more of this, I would encourage you to go to servantsofgrace.org. And on the homepage, scroll down to the bottom, you'll see um, a, a, a picture of Theology for Life. That's our magazine. And on, on that page, you'll find over 20 plus issues of our various issues that we've done over the years. And on that page, you'll find an issue called Hermeneutics, the Art and Science of Biblical Interpretation. I point you to that because there you'll get a lot of information. It's I think it's like over a hundred pages. It's a good beginning place to learn about this more. Uh, and then at the very end of the magazine, what you'll discover is some recommended resources. Go ahead and pick some of those up. Those are books that I recommend to you. So um, we don't have enough time to get into all of, of that. But uh, the, the important point is, is that we're grounding our teaching in the Bible because we believe it is God's inspired, inerrant, sufficient, clear, and authoritative word. And all of this is important because the word is to be central in the life of the church. So now, moving forward, Jesus has much to say about this. In John 5, 39, for example, uh, he, he gets on the disciples for not recognizing that all of the Bible is about himself. In fact, he, he also uh, instructs the, the, the disciples on the road to Emmaus in Luke 24 about how the Old Testament and then all of Scripture points to Jesus. So biblical theology is that discipline that goes back to the garden, back to Noah, back to Abraham, the Exodus, the Passover, the law, the Psalms, and the prophets, and asks, how does this point to Jesus? Now, we have to be clear that bad biblical theology kills churches. It kills churches. Um, bad biblical theology misconstrues the biblical story. It, it makes the Bible about us, okay? It makes us us the hero of the story rather than the person in the work of Jesus. In fact, this is one reason why I'm so encouraged by a resurgence of biblical theology that is rooted in the Bible itself. 
especially in the Reformed tradition. Because what, what, what this shows us is it helps us to understand how, how for example, the, the idea of covenant and, and more, um, and, and other things, like I was mentioning, the short studies in biblical theology or resurrection. As we've talked to these authors, it shows us, these themes show us exactly what God is doing. It shows us the various strands and the, and the gospel focus and all of these things. Now, this is so important to say because what theological liberalism does is it redefines the story of, of salvation as God's work to overcome, say, uh, economic injustice. So then it's all about me or it's about social justice. Roman Catholicism casts the, the clergy and the sacraments in a mediatorial role that smacks heavily of the Old Covenant. And the prosperity gospel also um, imports elements of the Old Covenant into the New. And the list of bad biblical theology, it's, it's long, whether it's in cults such as Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, or even in movements within churches such as the social gospel, liberation theology, or some other forms of fundamentalist uh, separationism. Each story culminates in an unbalanced or a false gospel, and so it creates an imbalanced and false church. But you see, good theology, good biblical theology at that, guards a church's doctrine and guides the church towards towards better preaching, better practices, a, a focused goal on helping people to grow to be like Christ. And it does so by by focusing the ministry of the church not on uh, systematic theology, but and I'm not saying that to, to mean that the church never talks about systematic theology. I'm saying, as we mentioned, as I mentioned earlier, that the goal of preaching is to exposit text of scripture. Um, and this helps biblical exposition to be focused on Christ and not be about my behavior, uh, about my moralism, and so on and so forth. Instead, it focuses the church's mission on sharing the good news and making disciples, not just on doing works of justice or mercy and so on and so forth. Uh, biblical theology teaches that God saves not just individuals, but a whole people. And that being a Christian means living together with other Christians. They're our true family, our body, um, the, the people of God. And so what good biblical theology does, my point is, is it guards the church against a wrong emphasis, against wrong expectations, against a wrong gospel. It offers a trustworthy guide to the biblical gospel, to uh, a Christian life rooted in the word of God and the local church. The word Bible comes from the Greek word "biblia," meaning books. So what you hold in your hands when you hold a Bible is a library, a collection of documents, 66 books that are for our good. They're reliable, they're trustworthy, they're sufficient, they're binding on our lives. But we shouldn't make the mistake of, of thinking that this library is, is a random grab bag or, or just a book of fairy tales. The, the books hang together as a whole. They're more like single episodes in a 66-episode TV season, with each episode developing and expanding and deepening the over, overall storyline. 
The Bible as a whole has many, many themes that run all the way through it, all the way from Genesis to Revelation. And this is what biblical theology is all about. It's about tracing those themes across the timeline of Scripture as a whole to see how they develop. In fact, biblical theology, as we've been talking about, is often contrasted with systematic theology. And at the risk of oversimplifying it, systematic theology is like reading an encyclopedia, and biblical theology is like reading a story. The first takes individual subjects, like salvation, and tries to summarize everything about what Scripture says about salvation from start to finish. Biblical theology recognizes that Scripture itself is not an encyclopedia. It's a story, a true story played out across the stage of human history. And like any story, it has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and we won't uh, be able to understand the story as a whole if we don't attend to those pieces in sequence. And like any good story, although the biblical narrative involves many different characters, there is a hero at the heart of it all, and the story is ultimately about the person and the work of Jesus. In fact, Jesus himself is clear about this when he says in John 5 that all Scripture bears witness about me. And after his resurrection, Jesus uh, taught the, the, the disciples on the road to Emmaus how all of Scripture points to him. In fact, in Luke 24, he very clearly tells these disciples that beginning with Moses, taught these disciples, as I should say, uh, that beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus interpreted them in all the scriptures of things concerning himself in Luke 24, 27. And now notice that Jesus began with Moses and the prophets. He could have just pointed them to himself and said, don't worry about all that Old Testament stuff. I'm here now. But Jesus encourages them and us to begin with the beginning of the Bible, with Moses and the prophets. That's because if we don't understand them, we won't understand the New Testament. That's why we do biblical theology. And so you need to read Scripture in this way, and you'll begin to see that there's a progressive revelation at work, meaning that biblical truth becomes progressively clearer and clearer to us as the story develops. And so by the time we reach Revelation, we're able to see things in Genesis that we would have missed if only we had uh, if only we'd had Genesis to go on. And we see things in Revelation we would have never seen had we not read Genesis first. As Augustine once said, the New Testament is uh, the Old Testament concealed, the old is the new revealed. And so it helps us to see the value of biblical theology if we think for a moment about what happens if we neglect it. Now, let's say I really want to read a, a, a piece of literature, and it wouldn't do to uh, do justice to this uh, to the particular story that I'm reading if if I just dip in and dip out and read it, read a little bit of the story. You're never going to get uh, the full picture of the story. Instead, what we need to do with with a story is we need to start at the beginning. And we need to read all the way to the end. We need to see how the story unfolds. In this case, we need to start in Genesis. We need to read from Genesis to Revelation. uh, And we need to read all of the books of the Bible, all 66 of them, to understand the unfolding story that's centered on and all about the, the person and work of the Lord Jesus. 
And so once we've done that, uh, we need to we need to see Christ. We need to understand. We need to dig in and and grow in our understanding of these things. And this is why biblical theology is so important for us as Christians. Why it helps us so much is because when as we come and as we read the Bible, we need to see that God is at work. Uh, the very first uh, gospel, the Proto-Evangelium, is given in Genesis 3.15. There we see that, that the gospel it, is given, and we see it culminating in the person and the work of the Lord Jesus. And this is so important, because as you read the Bible, um, you need to see that all of these stories, these, these stories about uh, how people sin, real people in real history, how they really struggled, how they how they lived their life, uh, sometimes failing to honor God, many times sinning and, and disobeying God. And yet the Lord is still at work. His plan is still unfolding. It is all like the Old Testament. It's pointing forward to the Lord Jesus. And then in the then in the New Testament, we see the plan of God in the person and work of Jesus uh, coming to fruition in the Gospels. We we see that we see the mission of Jesus uh, that he began with the disciples exploding uh, in the Book of Acts, and then we see the the uh, in in the epistles we see the teaching of of Jesus that he gave his disciples expounded on and. And uh, and developed even more, and on and on and on, and and the story of church history. We see that the story of church history is a, is a story of where the church um, sometimes failed to, many times failed. Let's be let's be clear to stand on the word of God, and then there's many times where the church stood on the word of God and proclaimed the scriptures to the glory of God. Um, today we can be very encouraged. Because there is a movement, a movement that has been begun probably about 10 years or so ago to, to help Christians to understand what biblical theology is. And even, even further, a movement to help people understand what systematic theology is. Uh, by the way, Crossway has a great series on systematic theology as well. It's the Short Studies in Systematic Theology I highly recommend both the the short studies in biblical theology and the short studies in systematic theology. It will it will help you. It will help you to grow. If you're further along in in the, on the road, uh, there's a great uh, now. It'll soon be. Uh, I think next year the fourth volume will be out. Um, it's it's uh, reformed. Uh, I believe uh, systematic theology by uh, J- Dr. Joel Beakey and Paul Smalley. It is absolutely excellent. It is one of the best systematic theologies I personally have ever read. And um, okay, so I'm going to give my nerdness away a little bit here. I- I've read probably uh, over uh, close to two dozen systematic theologies, and uh, I really believe that this one is is the best. It focuses on our it focuses on our knowledge of, of what systematic theology is. It, it focuses on the heart, knowing how the, the, the biblical truth is to transform our lives, and then how theology is to be put into, into action in our lives. 
This is so important, friends. And what theology does, remember, it's the study of God. We need to grow in our knowledge of the Bible, as we talk about here on this show very often, but we also need to grow in our understanding of how the Bible has a goal, it has it aims to do something. And we need to do this because it helps us. It helps us to see that, that God is at work. He's at work from Genesis to Revelation, and he, the whole story it culminates in and is about the person and the work of the Lord Jesus. And so, friends, uh, this helps us as we as we aim to uh, teach the Bible, preach the Bible, as we aim to disciple one another in our local churches, as we aim to encourage one another, uh, as we aim to uh, one another each other in our local churches. We need biblical theology that's rooted in the text. We need to read the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation and everywhere in between. And by the way, let me just say this. I'm a, we're about to wrap up, but take your time reading through the whole Bible. You don't have to rush. Nobody, nobody, you're not going to get some points if you, you know, uh, magically read the Bible at the end of the year. It's a good goal to have. But don't feel like, hey, there's this part where I'm not really understanding, and so I'm going to dig in a little more. I'm going to I'm going to grow in my understanding of this particular text. I'm going to ask my pastor for some good resources. This is this is a good thing to do. Um, this helps you to grow. In fact, probably that one of the best things that I could say to you guys who listen and gals who watch this and listen to this show is to read the book over and over again that your pastor is preaching on. Uh Study it. Read it with the church. Ask good questions. Uh, dive in. Learn. Grow. Uh, these this is a, these are good things to do, and they're appropriate things to do. And uh, that's why I'm also a fan of sermon review in in um, uh, in the for small groups because what it does is it gives another opportunity to take the message that you heard and and to talk about it and to work it out. Um, this is, I mean, I would just say, do that with your spouse. Have a time after you've heard the sermon to sit around the table. If if you have kids, sit around the table and and ask some questions about what you heard. What 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 was some of the takeaways? What what are some things that you learned uh, from the message? And and what are some uh, what are some areas that the Lord convicted you about in your own life? And and uh, these these are some things that you can practically do in your own family worship, um, and so guys, biblical theology is fascinating. There's so much that I could say about it, but uh, it helps us. It helps us to grow in our understanding of the storyline of Scripture. And um, I hope that this episode has been helpful to your life and godliness and. As always, until uh, next Monday and Wednesday, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you, and thank you so much for listening or watching this episode of Equip You in Grace. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. 
If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace, on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.